a Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey boys and girls, welcome back to the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free, free three-day shipping. Easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. And, of course, thank you to Fly Racing, Dale over there. I want to mention Dale's little site, too, as well. Dale has a site called DirtBuzz.com. You can check it out. Very cool site. If you like beer, you like off-road, go to DirtBuzz.com. But, nonetheless, Dale works at WPS and Fly Racing, and they are a presenting sponsor of the show, and we thank them for making kick-ass gear. Check out Daytona this weekend for the spring line. Baggett mentioned it a little bit last week, said he's going to be wearing some new gear, so make sure you check out Daytona and get some spring line kinetic mesh gear this weekend. Check it out. Also, don't forget about the guys over at Racetech. Racetech Gold Valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. Racetech products and services are 100, 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Discover why when racers can choose, they choose Racetech. Experience the Gold Valve Advantage by logging on to Racetech.com. Lots of things over there on Racetech.com you can check out. The Mental Edge Handbook is available. Download it. It's like a Bible for you guys riding. I definitely recommend you guys checking that out. And of course, you guys having problems with suspension, change your oil, change your bushings, change your seals, send it to Racetech, tell them Kiefer sent you, maybe that'll help you, it helps me for sure, so please go check out Racetech.com and also be on the lookout for a 2018 KX450F revalve from Racetech that I'm doing on KieferInkTesting.com, so be on the lookout for that, and we might even throw a podcast in there as well because... I've heard a lot of emails, people typing their angry messages about when am I going to get more green content. So that's coming. So stay tuned. So thank you, everybody, for joining me once again. I had a trip to Atlanta, and I'm sure you've heard it on the show. A lot of bitching, a lot of moaning, but nonetheless, it's a little bit of a lighthearted thing. It wasn't that bad. It was a joy to meet all of you guys out there that listen to the show I was surprised that Justin Brayton even listens to the show. I'm very excited to keep doing these for you guys, and I'm glad it's working. I'm glad you guys enjoy it, and we're going to keep doing these suckers and giving you the honest feedback that you guys are looking for. And even some technical information, get you some settings, and give you some information that maybe you can't get from your other media outlets that you look into. So that's why we're here, Kiefer Tested Podcast. This week, we are going to talk about Living with the 2018 Yamaha YZ250F, 
out of all the Y, I'm saying not of all the YZs, but out of all the 250Fs, I probably have more time on a Yamaha. Shocking, I know. But just because I like this bike so much, because it has a lot of torque, I love torque on a 250F. I can tell that some of you guys out there, heavier dudes or your vet riders, you guys like this bike as well. So we're going to talk about some settings that I've learned over the course of the year so far. Tell you what goes on on this thing, what you should do, what you should not do. And uh, just give you some feedback on this thing if you guys are interested in getting one or if you guys have one in the garage. Stay tuned. We're going to break it all down for you right here. So just to give you some just slight you know, base information on this bike, it did well in the 250F shootout. KTM and Husky actually have a really good 250F platform, but the um, the Yamaha just doesn't um, seem to cut the mustard in the chassis part um, of the equation. That's what I gather in the shootout is the KTM and Husqvarna straight line are better. It feels lighter. They turn better than the Yamaha. But when you're talking about engine performance from bottom to mid-range, this Yamaha YZ250F is really, really good. No other 250F in its class has as much torque as this bike, which makes it an exciting feeling motorcycle when you go get out of a rut or you're coming into a corner and trying to get out really quick. So I just like the fact that it has an exciting feel. And people say, yeah, it's heavier than a KTM or Husky. 250Fs aren't that heavy to begin with. So yeah, it might be eight pounds heavier than one of those Austrian you know, motorcycles. So... I would just say to you guys out there that are, are bickering and bitching about weight, sometimes weight isn't a huge issue. I know we we get a little bit um, to be like a stickler when it comes to weight and dirt bikes. Like, oh, more more weight is horrible. Less weight is all all good. You know, it's it's going to be lighter. It's going to be this or that. Let me just tell you something about weight. Yes, I think there's a line that we need to draw when it starts to become too heavy. But with weight comes stability, a planted feel, and maybe on the negative side, side to side movement, cornering feels a little heavier, the bike can feel a little bit lazier. But for me, and I've said this on other podcasts before, I would rather have a more planted feeling dirt bike than a lighter feeling dirt bike that's super reactive and twitchy. Not to say that the KTM, the Husqvarna are, but there is times in the bigger bikes, 450s, that it can be that way. So don't get hung up on weight so much. I know Vital and MXA, they're huge on weights and all this stuff. Yes, weight does matter, but in the world of dirt bikes, sometimes a little weight helps us have a more comfortable and planted feel. So, getting to the engine, just real quick. Good bottom end to mid-range. Doesn't have top end or over rev like the KTM or Husqvarna, but if you shift, it will provide you with the right amount of horsepower and it'll get you around the track in a good amount of time. I ride all these bikes back to back and the Yamaha is always in the top one or two for me in lap time. So, Excellent engine. Obviously, KYB suspension is great. Chassis stable. So, but what I've learned over the over the course of all these hours that we're putting on these motorcycles. So, the 2017 and 2018 YZ250Fs 
are identical besides, you know, BNG, blue wheels, the things you can see on the outside. There's nothing internally that's different. Suspension is the same. Look for, I would assume, 2019 YZ250F to have electric start to look more like the 2018 YZ450. No one has told me this. Travis never tells me shit. So even though I try to get things out of him, he doesn't tell me. But I would assume that is the MO for Yamaha. They're going to do that with the YZ250F in 2019. But I hear people ask me all the time, Kiefer, what's the best map? You got a map like you do for the YZ450F on this YZ250F? No, I do not. And here's the reason why. I've experimented with several, several maps. I mean, I've gone out two to three days, and all I've done was mapping changes. That's it. Just mapping changes. Trying to get a little bit more pull in the top end, trying to get a little bit more mid-range meat, trying to adjust the power where I can try to keep that fun feeling down low and gain some more top end. What I've come to find out is the stock map is pretty damn good. So if you guys are looking for a map for your stock ignition on your 1718YZ250Fs, you're really not going to find a better running map than all zeros, okay? Yes, you might get some more top end, but you're going to sacrifice more than I would like bottom in, bottom to mid-range. If you guys are racing desert or you guys are riding wide open stuff, sure, that might work. But for an all-around package for an ignition and fuel timing, stock is good. So just leave it stock. Now, if you guys want added bottom, mid, and top, and maybe some over-rev, only way you guys are going to get that out there is go to a Vortex Ignition. I've tried a get on a YZ250F. It was okay. I'm not going to say it wasn't that good. But I've had better luck in the long term with durability on a Vortex with this YZ250F. So Vortex ignitions are easily, um, readily available, sorry, and they're about, I don't know, I think anywhere between five to $600 US. So when people email me about this, about ignitions and all these things, I need more power, I want this, the easiest way to get power out of this bike and to keep reliability pretty damn close to stock is just get a Vortex ignition. You're going to get more bottom, you're going to get more RPM response, you're going to get more meat through the mid-range, and most of all, you're going to get more top in and over rev. I think you're going to get a lot plus 400 to 500 um, more RPM on top, so it'll rev out farther. I love this because that way I can start to carry third gear more in corners than I can with the stock ignition. So look into a Vortex. You guys are going to tune your stock ignitions. I recommend just leaving at zeros. And if you guys want to alter and get more horsepower out of this thing, slightly going up in compression on a piston does help. Just be forewarned, when you do go up on compression, you will be getting some more engine braking. So if you guys don't mind some engine braking and possibly getting some more pitching sensation with your suspension, then by all means go to an HC piston. Um, just be forewarned, if you guys are going more than 14.1 in the compression ratio, you're going to have to look into some race gas. So just know that. If you want to, the 
Probably the best ratio to go to is on the cuffs, 13.9 to 1. I know Vertex has those kinds of pistons. You can go to Vertex. I always use J&E. I don't know offhand what the specs are on their pistons, but I'm sure they have a couple to choose from. But J&E pistons are also really good. It's hard to beat stock, but if I was going to do one thing, I'd go J&E or Vertex. I've had good luck with those two those two pistons. Fuel, you know I talk about T4E a lot. Some T4E is still floating around, I, I hear, but they are not going to make it. So run T4 fuel. That's good fuel. If you are running stock ignition, you will not have to remap. You will not get any decel pop, and it will run better. You'll get a little bit more throttle response and some meat in the mid-range. I like the T4. I would stay away from U4.4. It's dirty fuel. You'll gum up your injectors and just have more problems with it than, than it's worth. So try to run C12, T4, or even they have an MS100. Try those fuels. It's easy. You don't have to mess with mapping, and you can just be on your way. It's turnkey. It's easy to do. Otherwise, I would not I would just kind of leave the engine alone. I didn't really do anything to this bike besides an ignition and a piston in 2017. For 2018, I'm leaving this sucker stock. Michael Allen, my other tester, he's riding it a lot. I think we're up over 20 hours now. So nothing really has happened yet. We're still in the, the young hours of this machine. But in 2017, obviously, I put a ton of hours on and have great luck with the bottom end and the valves. And also, the valves are in spec in 2018. Don't have to worry about that right now. I will go back and check those around 35 to 40 hours. And we obviously will do a 50-hour mark living with on this as well if we get that high. I know bikes are coming out earlier this year. I think a lot of new machines will be out in July or June. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But otherwise, no problems with the engine. I think it's uh, I think it's best left stock, especially if you guys are just looking to have fun. For those of you who ask me how oh, my kids race and he wants more horsepower, like I said, piston, ignition, and run it. I haven't had too much great outcome on some cams. Cams give me a slightly different feeling and power, but nothing that I'm willing to spend my money on to be like, oh man, go to this cam because it's way better. Stock cam on that thing's pretty dang good. I don't even know race teams that are running stock cams in theirs. So um, stock cams are good. If you guys are looking to put a head on, GYTR head is a good head. It's reliable. And from what I know, because I was a part of YPAD, which is Yamaha accessory program back in the day when I worked for Yamaha several years ago, their criteria for their accessories are really, really tough. We had to put, I think, damn near 100 hours on GYTR heads pistons cams and everything so they would build this bike up for us to test and then we would do durability testing for two weeks and just continually to put time on it only thing we do would change the oil and the filter and we would just ride the shit out of it so if you're looking for reliable horsepower that's close to yamaha looking to gytr stuff they are good you will notice a difference with a cylinder head you will probably get about two to three more horsepower out of that bike it makes it really really fun i think one of one of the funnest bikes i've ever ridden was a gytr yz250f super fun i think that was back in 2015 
2017, 2018 rods and bottom end cranks and all that are good, unlike the 2014 YZ250F where we had some problems with cranks going out, rods going through the cases, and so on and so forth. If you guys are looking to put a rod in and replace the stock stuff, Carrillo rods are the best. If you can find Carrillo rods, go there, get a Carrillo rod, and those seem to be the best rods out there. I would recommend getting a Carrillo for a YZ250F if you're rebuilding. So that basically takes care of the engine situation. Well, I guess I'll cover a couple mufflers. So I've had some experience with some mufflers, some good, a lot not so good. So instead of focusing on the stuff that's not good and just bashing people, let's focus on the stuff that is good. I'm a big believer in positive energy, and it's tough, man. It's tough to make a muffler that is better than stock. The stock muffler sounds atrocious, I know. When it gets blown out, it sounds raspy and shitty. But as far as performance, that stock muffler is pretty damn good, okay? I've said this before in other podcasts. You will hear me say it more in other podcasts because I'm telling you guys, a lot of time goes into building these stock mufflers. It's not like they just throw these sons of bitches on and says, here we go, we got a muffler, just take it down the road. No, there's development in these mufflers. But I understand the need to look cool. I want to have some new shit on my bike. I want some bling. Some of you guys don't care about performance and just want the cool stuff. I really can't tell you anything about that. You're going to have to decide that on your own. But if you want performance, two mufflers stand out to me. Dr. D has a good... I, would, I wouldn't say Dubox muffler is the best-looking muffler out there, okay? So it's not the blingiest muffler. But if you want to keep that bottom-end excitement that the stock muffler has and want to increase some mid-to-top power... Dubox muffler for the 17 and 18 YZ250F are really good. I would look into that. The other one would be FMF. It kills a little bit of bottom end power, just slightly. I wouldn't even say bottom end. I would say more RPM response. Just kills a little bit of that RPM crack. But you will get more mid to top end as well, where this bike needs it. I feel like you can sacrifice a tiny bit of bottom and trade that in for some mid to top end. And even actually, the FMF will help it rev a little farther. So I do like that. The things you got to watch out for on the FMF muffler is it will blow out in about 10 hours. So make sure your packing is always tight and always listen to the tone of your dirt bike. Because when you start hearing it blown out, you will start breaking the perf inside the FMF muffler. If you take your rear section off of your FMF muffler and shake it and hear you hear a tick, 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 tick. that is the core inside that broke apart. I've had this happen to me on FMF mufflers because I let the muffler packing get burned up too much and it just ate up the perf and the core inside. So if you guys do hear that in your muffler, take it apart repack it and you might have to send in FMF and they can replace the perf inside so that's a key thing on re on getting aftermarket mufflers is the packing will wear out sooner than the stock one so trust me on this Dubox muffler packing is good if you guys want to go to a muffler packing that's really good he actually will do it for a fee I do not know that fee but you can call him and find out and he will repack it 
make, refurb it, make it look brand new. So that's the benefit of Dubok is he can do all that stuff there and make your stuff look brand new if you guys need some new packing. Because me, if I was, if it was me, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to pack mufflers. It's almost like doing a dirty air filter. I don't like it. I'll do it, but I don't really like it. So I'd rather send my muffler out and have Doug do it. Make him do the dirty work. Okay, guys. So that's basically the engine summed up for you that I've experienced, that we've had time on, and things that I would do to the engine. Hey, commercial time. Thanks for listening. If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go the track, or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, go check out ruddedracing.com or... If you guys are on Instagram, at Rutted Racing, Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rutted Racing or RuttedRacing.com right now. It's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a rutted racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Also, don't forget, you know what's coming after rutted racing? ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees. Get 10 free t-shirts. When you order 12, buy a dozen, get 10. ScreenPrintingDone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, Everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having. You're having an Anaheim 1 party? Make us some t-shirts. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know who else goes to ScreenPrintingDone.com? The 7 Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took ScreenPrintingDone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order 12, get 10 for free. Later. Moving on the suspension. I'm going to give you guys some settings. But like I said, the KYB SSS stuff is great. If you're under 150 pounds and riding this YZ250F, I would recommend probably going to a different spring rate because it might be a little bit stiff for you. So just know that. I think if you dropped... A spring rate on each end that would be sufficient enough for a 150 pound below rider um, if you're anywhere above that between 150 to 180 I would say these rates are good but if you're over 180 pushing 200 you're gonna have to go to a stiffer setup so just be aware of that so these are some settings that I have for you guys that you can try for a baseline if you're anywhere between above 150 to 180. So stock fork spring is a 4.6 spring. Um, the best setting for me would leave your fork height five millimeters up, okay? 11 out on the compression and anywhere between 11 to 12 out on the rebound, okay? The key thing here is just keep your fork up four to five millimeters, okay? That is key to make this thing corner. It's not the best cornering bike in the business, but you get this thing set up right, it does do the job just fine, okay? Stop complaining about 
cornering. Sometimes it's your guys' technique, okay? Chris, I can't get in a corner. I'm popping out a rut. I don't know what you ride like. You send me these emails. What if it's you? What if you're the one effing up the corner, not the bike? Stop blaming the bike. Get your technique right first before you email me a problem about your cornering, okay? And if you do have a problem with it, send me a video in the email so I can watch you come through a corner. I want to see how you come through a corner before you're barking at the bike saying it sucks. It's a little rant I have when I get these emails. I can't corner. Well, I don't know what you ride like, man. Show me a, a video or something so I know your technique is least good enough to complain about the problems on the bike. So, I found out 11 compression is the best um, middle of the road setting for having it hold up because when you start breaking in the fork, it will get a little soft and a little bit pitchy at times. So, 14 clicks is stock. Going to 11 helps that. If you guys do want to go more and you still feel like it's a little soft, by all means, keep cranking in. I wouldn't go farther than 8 Okay, but you can crank two to three more, and that will help you have the fork hold up a little bit. Just be aware that you might have to adjust your rebound if you're going stiffer on the fork. So if you're closing off that rebound, you might have to open it back up a little bit so it follows the ground better. 5.4 shock spring. That's a good rate, like I said, between 150 to 180. High-speed compression setting. I would try to go one turn, okay? You want to go one turn out. One and one eighths is stock. On the low speed compression, I would go nine to ten clicks out. Eleven is stock. And the rebound, I would go ten clicks out. Fourteen is stock. That is a good baseline setting for you guys out there for when the track gets rough and squaregy and choppy. And it even works on jumpier style tracks. The thing is about the sag. It's not, if you have a 2018 YZ250F, it's not like a YZ450F where you got to run 105 millimeters of sag. This bike works best at around 102. If you feel like it's stink bug and you want to go a little bit lower, try to go to 103 to 104. I wouldn't go farther than that because then you really start hurting acceleration traction and the bike as a whole just feels unbalanced. So really try to stick between 100 and 204. I've started out at 100. And it wasn't bad, but when the track got really deep and lots of lots of brakey bumps, I felt like I was on decel front end too low, so I dropped it to 102, and that's a happy spot for that, and I'm sure Yamaha will attest to that as well. I don't know where their recommended sag setting is, but 102 to 104 works the best. So really look into that. If you guys are looking for aftermarket suspension companies, um, I know Racetech's a part of this show, and I haven't used Racetech on this bike yet, but I am familiar with Enzo. You guys know that I'm an honest person here, and I'm sure Racetech would be fine with me saying this. Enzo has a really good setting for a Yamaha. They're KYB specialists. I've ran that stuff before, and it's always pretty damn good. Ross, Will over there have good settings for, for Yamahas, and... They have many different things that they can do to the KYB setting to make it have a little bit more of a plush feel and have holdup. So if you guys are looking for someone that I've ridden with and I like, I like Enzo stuff on Yamahas. I haven't tried Racetech, 
So I'm not going to tell you guys out there, go to Racetech and get the stuff done because I haven't experienced myself. So Racetech does really, really good work, the stuff that I have tried. So I would say Honda, Kawasaki, the things that I have tried with Racetech go there. But Yamaha, it's really, really tough to get a better setting than an Enzo setting. I'm going to work on it, though. I'm going to go to Racetech and do a little... That's my plan. So just to fill you guys in a little bit, my plan is to do... This is exciting, actually. I wasn't even going to say this, but now I got all pumped up thinking about it. So I decided last week that I am going to do a suspension podcast slash article where I'm going to get two different brands of motorcycles, several different sets of suspension, and I'm going to send these sets of suspension out to different suspension companies and then when I get them back I'll have them marked but no stickers on them and I'm going to do a shootout I'm going to get a few riders just like my off-road and motocross shootouts I'm going to get a few different riders I'm going to bolt these suspension suspension, different types different companies on the same bike and they're going to tell me what they like better not knowing which suspension company they're using so that's something I'm going to go towards. So if you guys are listening to this YZ250F podcast, you just got something no one else knows about. So it pays to listen to every freaking podcast, people, because you will get snippets of information that may or may not be relevant to what you're listening to. Case in point, just what I said. So anyway, that's what I'm working towards. Those are the settings for the Yamaha. I've been running stock stuff. I haven't had anything on this uh, 2018 YZ250F yet. I haven't even changed the oil in the in the fork of the shock. I know, practice what I preach. I'm going to do that. We're going to change some oil. We're probably just going to leave this sucker stock and really pay attention to the 2019 version. But um, nonetheless, good suspension. If you guys have any questions about settings, you guys need to rewind this. But if you have questions, hit me up at chris at keyforinktesting.com and I will try to go over it with you. Just be patient with me. I can't... Sometimes I'm, I'm eating lunch and I'll answer your emails right away, but if it takes two to three days, just chill down. I'll hook you guys up. It takes me a while. Chassis settings, okay? Cornering is not, like I said earlier, the cornering is not the best... Not the... You know, it's... I would I maybe would say middle of the road at, at best for the, YZ, uh, for the YZ250F in its class. Again, lightweight comes into play for cornering, and that's where the KTM and Husqvarna are better. But you can't help yourself by, like I said, going to 5 millimeter up on the fork. Straight line stability on this thing is very good. I think frame rigidity balance, Yamaha nailed it. People ask me, Kiefer, what about a linkage? So I've tried linkages before with some success, but I always went back to stock linkage on this bike. I found out that I even tried Adrian's Ride Engineering Link, which was okay. It really helped decel a lot, but hurt a little bit on acceleration traction. So depending on what you guys are looking for, if you guys are having more problems on decel braking bumps versus acceleration, then yeah, maybe going to a linkage will help you. But for me, I thought the stock linkage with the setting that I just you know told you guys was pretty good at all the tracks that I rode around here. So I did notice... The softer the dirt, the deeper the dirt, the bigger the braking bumps, you may want to go to a linkage. For those of you guys listening on the East Coast or in Europe where it's sandy, it'll kind of help 
make that bike feel a little bit more planted on throttle. Um, right when you start to chop it is where you'll feel it. So you're on throttle, start to chop it, and then that's where that bike with the little bit extra length of an arm helps the bike settle down. What you will maybe not like it is when you're starting to get back on the gas and it loads on the rear, it'll start to feel a little bit harsh. So I am sure suspension companies kind of adjust with the linkage, but I haven't had enough time to give you guys the proper feedback on that. I'm just usually going off of stock stock stuff with linkage. Um, but like I said, rigidity balance on the frame is good. If you want to make a corner a little bit better, it's a subtle change, but you will notice it on tip-in in corners, is Dubox radiator lowering kit. It lowers it down, it drops the weight. You think it wouldn't really matter, but honestly, compared to the engine relocation kit on this bike, I would rather see you guys with a radiator lowering kit because that doesn't hurt anything anywhere. It only helps in corners. So doing this mod, there's no negative. There's only positive. Right when you start to come in the corner and tip it in, it will feel a little bit lighter than just having your standard radiator um, height. You're going to lower those things a little bit with this kit, and that helps lower the center of gravity. Everything just kind of tip in a little bit better. So it does work. It's millimeters difference. I understand that. But like I said, in this testing world, millimeters really make a difference. So Doug knows his shit when it comes to this. From what I've experienced with Doug, he really doesn't sell something that doesn't work. Rarely do I get something from Doug um, that that I don't like. And if you listen to my Living With YZ450F podcast, you'll know that I really didn't like the engine relocation kit on the 18YZ450F. That's probably the first time I really didn't like something that Doug had. So um, I do approve and like the radiator lowering kit on all Yamahas. I think that's just an easy bolt-on benefit for you guys out there. It's not that expensive, so um, go on his website or just call and look into that about getting that for your Yamaha. I run the rear wheel middle to back. With the fork up, I try to get that rear wheel back as much as possible, and that really helps for me on straight line and getting the bike stability balanced well. Ride attitude of bike is much better with the rear wheel back. I run stock gearing, I'm not doing a Jody. I'm not going to 51. I'd leave it stock. Just leave that sucker stock, and I think that's the best bet. If you go up in teeth, you're shortening that top end that it already lacks, so I wouldn't recommend that. And going down, you're just killing the bottom end. So I know Yamaha really paid attention to the gearing on this bike, and I would just leave it the way it is. I wouldn't screw with it. Um, stock chains suck on Yamahas. Go to an aftermarket chain. They do make good chain sliders, buffers, guides, all that stuff, rollers. That stuff's really quality and good. The overall bike is built well. If you guys want to make it a little bit narrower, it doesn't really, on paper, it's not much narrower, but visually it looks narrower. Go to Cycra Shrouds. That's all the same stuff that what I was talking about in the 17YZ450F. You want a little bit more bottom end, it's going to be a little bit louder. Go to the Twin Air Power Flow Kit. Um, it doesn't have the backfire screen on. Just be aware that when you take a dirty air filter off, you don't have that backfire screen. The little pebbles, little sand, anything can get inside that air boot. So just be aware and be careful. If you do have the Twin Air Power Flow Kit, it does help horsepower, but just make sure 
that you guys are paying attention when you take a dirty filter out of there. You're not scraping the air box and some shit's falling inside the air boot. So just be aware of that, okay? Those are the two mods that I have done and I like on the YZ250F. Otherwise, uh, all the you know ergonomics, the seat, I like the seat. People complain about the gas tank and all that. Um, I don't mind it. I don't mind the Zeus fasteners on the on the airbox that much. Um, I do like that bar bend that's on there. I do go to a Works Connection clutch perch. I like the bend of their lever, and I like the width of the lever. Width of the lever. Um, they make front brake levers. I also have that on there. That's good. And little trinkets and stuff. You can put some blue parts on your bike. That I think also look cool. Clutch, you guys know what I'm going to say. Stock clutch is really good. I wouldn't bat an eye on running a stock clutch all year. But if you guys are looking to get a basket and all that stuff, you can go to a GYTR clutch, which is basically a Henson clutch. Um, so, so yeah, Henson or GYTR sells a good aftermarket clutch basket, pressure plate, inner hub. I would look into that. The action of the clutch improves a little bit. So when you're doing starts, the modulation is a little bit better than stock. So I do like that part of the Henson and the GYTR clutch. Also, they have cool clutch covers for those of you blingy guys out there that care about bling. And um, But yeah, that's about it. I like the stock mounts. The stock offset on this bike is good. I wouldn't try to go any further. I've tried going to 20 mil offsets and I didn't like it. It hurt stability too much for me. Rigidity balance was off. So... Leave your stock clamps on, guys, for this bike. I would feel like if you had to go to a clamp on this, there's only really two that keep the same rigidity balance, and that's X-Trig and Adrian at Ride Engineering. Um, those two guys really pay attention to stock rigidity and the webbing underneath the clamp. So um, if you're going to look for clamps, I would recommend those two. But otherwise, leave it stock. Nothing wrong with it. Okay? Stop worrying about blinging. Worry about your technique. Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's about it for the YZ250F, guys. I don't have much else. It's a good bulletproof machine. Haven't had much bad luck with it since 2014 when all those problems arose with, with the crank and the rod. Hopefully, we will get electric start next year. Hopefully, it won't gain more weight. But like I said, weight is also relative. you got to ride it first before you complain about it, okay? I do like the fact that a KTM is light. Trust me. I fight with it every day. People ask me, what do you like better, a Yamaha or a KTM? Ah, it's a toss-up for me, man. I really like certain aspects of the KTM because it is light and it's easier to corner. But an air fork. Not a big fan of the air fork. I like a spring fork. Guess what? Yamaha delivers with that. With plushness, comfort, hold up. I like it all. So, uh, so yeah, that's about it for the YZ250F. Thank you guys for listening. Also, support the sponsors that support this show. You know what I'm going to say. Rutted Racing. Please go check out Rutted Racing. They help out a lot of guys. They do a lot of work in our community and our industry. So go to Instagram at Rutted Racing or check out RuttedRacing.com. Get a hoodie. It's wintertime. All right? Get some t-shirts. Get some stuff for your for your chick or something, okay? ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know what I'm going to say. They do it right. Order 12 shirts, get 10 for free, okay? Hit up Heather at KieferInkTesting.com. We got some new hoodies. We got, we're all restocked up on shirts, so 
please, that helps us. I get questions asked. How can I help you, Kiefer? You answer all my questions. Your podcast is good, and you take the time to answer emails. You know, I'm not asking anything for you guys, but just support the people that support me. And go buy some swag. Go buy some T-shirts and hoodies. That's that's all I need from you guys. And I appreciate you guys listening and, and trusting in me. So, Race Tech, thank you. Thank you, Fly Racing. Of course, RockyMountainATVMC.com. Go order some parts. I do. I don't get everything for free, guys, and I go through them. So that tells you something. So like I said, if you have any questions, hit me up at Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. We will get back next week. Maybe doing a thing on the Honda CRF450R engine hangers. That's been a big topic, but you can look for that this week up on KieferInkTesting.com. But I may or may not do a podcast on that. And I'm also going to do a podcast on the best used bikes that you guys can buy out there. I've done some research. I've gone in the logbook in my Bible and all the best bikes that I had back in the day. So we will recap maybe some older bikes, some slightly newer bikes that if you're going to buy used, we're going to do a whole podcast on used bikes. So I'll give you guys some directions and possibly some settings for those used bikes. So that should be fun. So thanks again for joining me. Chris Kiefer on the Kiefer Tested Podcast, and we will see you again next week. See y'all.